Support for Best of Belfast comes from listeners just like me who love Northern Ireland and believe we have a better story to tell. Massive thanks to all of you listening who have already joined the Producers Club, especially our Titanic producers, Barclays Eagle Labs, Ulster University, Young Enterprise Northern Ireland, Gavin Wall, Peter Dixon and of course the Ormobiles team. To find out more about how you can support independent ad-free media, get invitations to live podcasts and submit questions to our guests, please visit bestofbelfast.org. Thanks so much and we really hope you enjoy today's show. All right, hope you're well, hope you're doing the very best. Got a quick wee bonus episode for you today, something a bit different for you, something a wee bit off the beaten track of uh, what we usually do on the podcast and uh, I suppose it needs just a wee tiny bit of context just to kind of set it all up so I promise I'll be quick. I am a massive massive fan of Seth Godin. You may have heard me talk about him. I talk about him a lot on the podcast. He is someone who I look up to a lot, someone whose work has had a massive impact on my own life and the way I kind of operate um, my own business and everything like that. For those of you who don't know, he is a New York Times bestselling author. He's written great, great books like Lynchpin and Purple Cow and Tribes and This Is Marketing and a whole bunch of other really, really interesting stuff. And uh, Basically, at the start of lockdown, he and his team, they set up this thing called the Akimbo Virtual Coworking Space. And basically, it was like this digital forum environment where you could connect with people you could work with people you could hop on and ask questions and basically i guess it was to replace that like water cooler chat that beers on a friday sort of culture that a lot of us are um, familiar with in our physical workplaces and basically it's a way to stay connected uh during the the lockdown so jumped on there and met a bunch of really interesting and cool people connected with some people that i already had strangely come across in other spheres the world is a, a small small place as you know and uh basically just set up this quick little side project uh, a side podcast i promise i wasn't cheating on best of belfast um it was basically just a way for people in that community to connect with each other a way for people to um interview and share stories and and basically um, build a bit of depth uh, to uh, the great stuff that was was going on in that space. So I set it up, set it up with uh, a local guy, Alan Wallace, uh, absolute legend locally, um, great Belfast lad. And we just started interviewing all these random people, like people we had never met before. Um, I think we probably did like maybe 20 or 30 or something like that. And then basically passed the keys over to the Akimbo community and they have just taken it and they've run with it. So really, really fascinating. Uh, I was invited to be a guest on the podcast and was interviewed by um, an incredible woman called Nina from New Caledonia, um, which we'll talk about a wee bit in this interview. And although I guess the purpose of the interview was to... Um, find out how we started that and how we're able to make that podcast work, um, which has, I think, got over like 100 interviews now, which is absolutely crazy. And the Akimbo community is like still running it to this day, which is incredible. Um, but the reason why I wanted to share this with you is because the conversation really ended up being more around Northern Ireland and ended up being more around the power of celebrating where you live, why it's important to love where we live and actually the, the impact that that can have in our own lives. 
So yeah, that's it. Just a little bit of extra listening for you. Uh, Nina was a great interviewer, great host. And uh, it's interesting to see what we have been doing with Best of Belfast locally. It's actually starting to inspire and give other people in other parts of the world the idea to do something similar uh, in the place that they call home. So that's it. Uh, there'll be this weird transition where it'll go from me in the future speaking to you now to me answering the first question that Nina asked me. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy it. I had a lot of fun doing it. I think there's some good stuff in there that Nina shared too um, that I thought you would maybe find interesting. All right, let's go. Yeah, first memory. It's, uh, it's a, a fun one to always think about. Um, it's actually quite a strange one for me because i don't know how much of it is real and how much of it is based on old photographs that i've seen but i really clearly remember being really really small like being a small little boy small enough for my mum to take me in her arms and i remember she woke me up and i was like really grumpy and i was like why are you waking me up i don't want to go anywhere and then she put me in the car and we were driving to a strange place i'd never seen before and then i fell asleep in the car And when I woke up, I was on a sofa in a new place um, with all these new smells and it was really warm outside and I was used to the cold weather because I'm from Northern Ireland. And it turns out they actually had taken me onto a plane and uh, we were in, I think, Lanzarote or or Tenerife. It was the first um, family holiday that I'd been on. And I remember waking up and being so confused and I was by myself and I was like, what on earth's going on? And then I just saw my granda, my grandfather, uh, come up to me with a big, big chocolate ice cream. And I just remember being so, so happy and so excited. And I remember seeing like lots of lizards for the first time and like right. like these beautiful birds and parrots. I saw a tiger for the first time. And uh, that was just a very, very special sort of memory for me. Wow. Beautiful. Tell us who are you? Where are you? And what are you working on? Yeah, so my name is Matthew Thompson. Right now, I am in the garden shed with that I've been using to do my remote interviews during the lockdown here. And it's halfway finished, so I've got some cork that I'm putting on the wall. So half of the wall is uh, got cork on it. Half of it doesn't have anything on it. And there's boxes everywhere, and I have a microphone sitting on a little stand. And I am in a little village called Dromore, which is about 30 minutes away from Belfast, in Northern Ireland. And the thing that I'm working on right now is mainly my podcast, Best of Belfast. Uh, Best of Belfast is exactly what you would imagine it to be. It's a podcast that celebrates all of the great things and the incredible people in Northern Ireland. And so far, we've interviewed over 150 interesting people who call this place home. And it has been just such an amazing journey. And uh, really, it's it's a hobby gone mad. It's something that started off just as a passion. And now it is something that gives so much energy and so much joy to my life. And uh, it's given me the chance just to meet and share some incredible, incredible stories. Yeah. So you're portraying uh people uh from your hometown from from your home from home and uh can you tell us a little bit how did all start and uh, like yeah how do you uh pick up uh people what's the the process that takes place yeah totally so the kind of origin story 
goes way back to when I was about 16. And when I was 16, a lot of people my age had the impression and the attitude that Northern Ireland is a terrible place to live mm. and there's nothing to do and it's so boring and it's just a small little country and oh, I wish we could just move to New York or move to London or move to Shanghai or move to Sydney or just Isn't anywhere it? but here. We, uh, we often joke that Northern Ireland is like... Uh, just a big town because everybody seems to know everybody you know you the first thing you, it's, it's like part of our culture the first time you meet someone new you always figure out how you know them or how you related to them so you ask okay well what school did you go to who's your mother what do they do and really it's it's like a magic trick always you can be like ah yes do you know this person they're like i could do surely yes sandra she was my babysitter and she went down the road all this sort of stuff um, so it's a really tight knit country. It's a really beautiful country. We have the sea, we have the mountains. It's a really special place to visit um, post lockdown and post pandemic for anybody listening. But we also have a really interesting history. We had a civil war uh, called the Troubles that really only finished in 95. And so I was born the year that the peace treaty was signed. It was called the Good Friday Agreement. And so Northern Ireland has changed a lot in the 25 years that I've been alive. Um, it changed from a place that nobody wanted to visit and no businesses wanted to invest in to this incredible entrepreneurial, hardworking startup center of Europe uh, that's got a real energy about it and is really, really moving forward into a great time of peace and a great time of prosperity. But when I was young, I didn't see that. I didn't know about that because... I think like a lot of places or a lot of small towns, yes. you kind of have a negative attitude of yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I know we have a lot of um, akimbo guys listening, you know, to put it in akimbo language. People are very afraid of stepping out from the tribe. There's a lot of shame in the culture to make people stay in line, get a good job. Don't rock the boat. Don't do anything crazy ah. and just be quiet. Get your paycheck and just don't make a big fuss. Don't let anyone know who you are. So I didn't really feel like there was much opportunities. We have a big problem called the brain drain, where a lot of young professionals leave Northern Ireland and they move to the big yeah. cities. And I, I was part of that. So I moved to New York City. I was there for three years and um, I had a very interesting time there. But I came back. And when I came back, I completely fell in love with Northern Ireland. Oh and I really, God. you know, it's that cliche thing where sometimes you need to go away to see just how lucky you are and how amazing your home is and your family. And when I came back, I was just like, wow, like this place is incredible. And even in the three years I was there, it or three years I was away, it changed so much. And I just came back and I was like, more people need to know about how amazing Northern Ireland is, not just yeah. on a global stage because a lot of people in the states they would ask me you know oh northern ireland is there still all the fighting there's still all the troubles and i had to explain to them no it's not like that anymore but actually the people who are the most critical of northern ireland are the people who live in it Absolutely. and so my mission really while it's it's a benefit to you know show off northern ireland to the world my main mission is to show people living here how amazing this place is mm. and we have a lot of negative local media a lot of clickbait culture and so i really wanted to start an independent podcast that didn't rely on advertisement it relied on patron support it was you know it's a crowdfunded show so that we can really focus on providing positive 
long form conversations with people who have done incredible things and who we all can learn from and be inspired by. So that's kind of the the backdrop uh, to Best of Belfast. You asked me how I pick guests. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's the beautiful thing about being independent. I just I just choose people that I am interested in. I choose people that I think are curious. Um, you know, we interview local celebrities and famous people from Northern Ireland, like actors and musicians and yeah. artists. But we also, I just interviewed um, a father and a son for Father's Day. And they mm. live in a little small village beside the sea. They have a business called Red Bay Boats. I had never heard of them. A lot of my friends had never heard of them. But they're a family business who's been building boats for over 43 years. They have built over a thousand boats themselves with their own hands and their own equipment. They've built boats for the royal family. They've built anti-pirate boats for the police and all of these incredible things. And I just think Northern Ireland is full of hardworking people with a real talent, a real craft, who are carrying on the legacy of you know, the Titanic and the massive shipbuilding industry we had and all these other amazing industries that sadly have moved on. And I'd love to see how we are now making something new out of our legacy. And I'm just so excited to share that. Mm, it's beautiful. I love the whole process of you falling in love again with uh, with what surrounds you and mm. finding value and teaching others to see it. It's It's a beautiful process. Yeah, really? it really is. And it's it, it makes me love where I live more. So it's it's a great um, project to be involved in, even for selfish reasons. <laughs> of course, yeah. Oh, And uh, Matthew, you are the man of quarantine phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> you designed this podcast and I am so glad that you have uh, accepted to um, that I could, that I could interview you. And I wanted uh, people from Akimbo, yes, to, to, to meet you because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, from a forward link uh, that they could hear you and hear your story. Mm-hmm. I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. Like the, I love the portraits and, uh, and uh, it, I just, yeah, it's beautiful. Tell us just a little bit, perhaps, about uh, what was your experience. I want to just, you know, like um, go around or go go about uh, your experience in Akimbo University. So when we had uh, the the virtual um, Mm. co-working space, you were uh, um, part of it. And I remember you being super creative, someone with a lot of generosity Tell us, how did you interact? Uh, well, you created the podcast. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about it. But also, what other interactions did you have in Akimbo and um, the virtual co-working space? You know, my my favorite thing about that co-working space, ex- apart from setting up the podcast, there was this one post in, I think it was in the games section, and I think I think I tied it up and just like let's write a poem together. And I just I just wrote like two lines that rhymed, and then I just left it. And over you know the month or however long that co-working space was open, I think there was maybe like forty people that just continued the poem underneath, and it was just so 
beautiful and so amazing to see how something so simple, you know, one small little domino kind of just fell over and led to so many other people taking part. And I actually saved the poem. I can um I have to make a little note. I can send it to you. Oh, I um, maybe you, you, can, yes. you can put a link to the show notes or something. I Absolutely. think I maybe took a screenshot or something. So I really liked that. I thought that was fun. I really liked how they the Akimbo team set it up, how they kind of tricked you into telling everyone your favorite book. You didn't realize it was going to be a public post. And so one of my favorite <laughs> things to do was to, you know, as soon as people, you know, uh, I would get on for maybe, you know, 15 minutes on my lunch break and just reply to those first posts because, you know, it's scary. You've just joined the new community. You don't know what's going on. And I would love just hopping on and, you know, getting really excited whenever people shared my favorite books or if it was a book that was maybe on my list, but I didn't read yet. I love just hopping on and being like, okay, hey, Nina, uh, you've read, uh, I don't know, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I haven't read that yet. What's your three favorite things from that book? And I felt like I was getting just like this crash course of all of these (laughs) little highlights of all this book. Yeah, all these books while meeting new people and engaging with people. And uh, I just found all that like really, really fun. Uh, I had never used Zoom before uh, the Akimbo co-working mm. space, um, which is crazy. And the the team there, uh, they like Sam and Taylor, they did a really, really great Zoom workshop where they they showed you all of the tricks, all of the tools, all of the the great kind of resources that you can do on Zoom. So I felt very empowered by being part of that community. And then when I started the podcast, I mean, I only started the podcast as a really an excuse to um, connect on a deeper level with some of the people within that community. And it was so exciting to um, find the others uh, in Akimbo Speak, (laughs) but then also start to see other people get on board. And I mean, the coolest thing ever was to see episodes being released and interviews being uploaded that I had no part in. The people, hosts had come on themselves. They had got the software. They had, you know, got all the systems and they found their own people to interview. And I just thought, wow, that is so, so amazing. A little bit like the poem, um, just to start with one kind of domino and just to see how many uh, other dominoes that knocks over was just a really exciting observation and a really exciting thing to be a part of. Yeah, you were really generous. And I remember participating in that poem and I loved the idea. <laughs> and also the podcast was just uh, amazing. And now um, now you see the podcast continues and, uh, and you gave us this opportunity of uh, starting podcasting and for me at least. Um, and I, I am enjoying it so much and the design Mm -hmm. you gave us everything all the tools that we needed to to start and to go there and start podcasting and (laughs) uh yeah it was yeah (laughs) and i think today well we are trying to share we share um the the people the interviews but not only within forward link we also share them in linkedin mainly Mm -hmm. in linkedin a little bit in facebook and all that and and yeah, and that's all thanks to you. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, to be honest, I was so surprised whenever you asked me to to come on and be interviewed because, and even your email, you know, you said, you know, the design is so great and all this sort of stuff. And I just laughed um, because have you ever read the book, Steal Like an Artist? It's by Austin Cleon. Mm. It is amazing. It's, uh, for anyone who hasn't read it, you should check it out. It's this 
beautiful, cute little square book. It will maybe take you like one hour to read, but it's just full of so much wisdom. But mm. it's kind of based on that Picasso idea where it says amateurs copy, but great artists steal. And uh, the funny thing about the the quarantine phone call, uh, the whole process from how I how we well how you record it, um, <laughs> how the episode artwork, the questions, I actually just stole this from my own best of Belfast um, experiments. So if you look closely, the the episode artwork, I made it in maybe like 15 seconds, really quick because I'm not a very good designer. Uh, visuals <laughs> is not my strong point. I, I am, I, I am a writer first and a communicator second. Uh, I like words. I'm not great with, with pictures and Photoshop and all that sort and of visuals, stuff. Yeah. So, um, I just really quickly, changed my best of belfast logo to quarantine phone calls and even the best of belfast logo it's based on there are two cranes in belfast very famous cranes called um, samson and goliath they're owned by a company called harland and wolf and if you type in belfast cranes you'll see them they're bright bright yellow and they have that classic black text just on top of this beautiful yellow and so um the the quarantine phone call artwork is like a remix of a remix of a remix almost. <laughs> and the questions that I, you know, quickly designed, the 10 questions, they actually are based on my 10 favorite questions that I ask my best of Belfast guests. And I think the most amazing part of those questions is actually that first one that you asked me. It's the tell me about your first memory, because yeah. something happens in people's minds something happens to the listeners whenever someone goes to such a intimate and such a far reaching place in their lives that I think just opens them up and makes them more curious and makes them more willing to share for the rest of the interview. And my favorite thing to do, even in my best of Belfast podcasts is I, I cut the first question. I cut me asking it. Yeah. And so the first thing that someone will hear is this brand new voice yeah. they've never heard before saying, hmm, my first memory, let me see. Well, when I was a wee boy, da 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 yeah. da da And I just think like that just grabs me as a listener. It I completely love it. connects me with that person. And I think it just sets everyone up for yeah. great conversation. So um, yeah. I guess, you know, it, it, it was not a long process to set quarantine phone calls up and i think we set it up in the first day the co-working space was open yeah. but i guess it's just because i stole all of the bits that worked from best of belfast <laughs> yeah. and uh, just left out all the bits that didn't work because you know i've been podcasting for three years now and especially my first year i made so yeah. many mistakes um, from the technical side to the interviewing side. And so it was actually a real blessing and a real excitement to um, empower other hosts to get into podcasting for the first time yeah. and hopefully not make as many mistakes as I had made so they can enjoy it more. Yeah. And, and, and it was beautiful. Like, you know, all of these details as well, you know, like um, cutting out your voice, like the, the intro without without being an intro, it's an intro, right? The, the answer of, mm. of, of, of the memories and the story of the memories. And, you know, it's just that you gave all that to us. Like you walk us, walked us uh, through, you know, I, a document that you created and it was just so practical. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, can I do this? 
wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think like I, I i coach a lot of people locally here in northern ireland and i'm really proud to have helped a lot of our podcasts start and get more northern irish voices on the airwaves but yeah. what i always say to people the the hardest part in people's head is the technology but it's actually the easiest part it's mm. it's the biggest obstacle that people think oh i can't podcast because i don't know what microphone i don't know what software i can't edit and so what i loved about quarantine phone calls was it was an opportunity for me to share um, the easiest way possible that i think you can run a high quality podcast and you know yourself and um, the other hosts mm. the when the process is set up properly it does not take a long time to publish these episodes yeah. because we're trying to get to the heart of what I think interview podcasts should be. And that's just real life human conversations. And the more we can use technology and design as a tool mm. to facilitate conversation rather than obstacles or rather put all these expectations or all these pressures or oh i have to edit this out and oh he coughed and oh he said the wrong word i'm going to remove that just to let the conversation breathe and let the conversation flow i myself you know i love that that piece of advice make the thing that you want or you know make the t-shirt that you want to wear or make the podcast that you want to listen to and that's the type of interviews that i love just getting lost feeling like i'm right there in the room with the the guest and with the host and that's what i always try to do with the interviews that i'm involved in yeah beautiful and you really really uh helped us do that like i think i don't know um if um the others um i think some of us some of the other hosts have been podcasting but for me it was like first time although the idea has been in my mind for ages and and the fact that you facilitated all this process and and you know as you said i would have been someone that would have listened every minute and spent four hours editing a 20-minute <laughs> conversation you know yeah and yeah. and i loved it and i just want to thank you so much for that because um i mean it's just it's been amazing amazing and, and it's been awesome to see you grow as a as a host because <laughs> that's the beautiful thing i always say to people publish makes perfect and uh the more you interview and the more you publish the more comfortable you feel yeah. with what i'm doing right now guests interrupting you and disrupting your flow of conversation and you know things going wrong but it's it's really awesome yeah no i love it and i want to share with you that um i am uh starting a podcast I, quite inspired actually in uh, in 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 best of belfast mm. uh about new caledonia so i am i live in new caledonia which is in the south pacific is it's a french territory next to australia and uh there aren't any podcasts produced wow. locally and uh and the idea of going and and portraying those people that are out there doing things that are creative or um, are make, starting businesses or they are some, you know, some, I, I don't know if you, if you agree with me that every local town have some uh, 
uh, I don't know, myths and has, uh, you know, people mm, that are yeah, or yeah. places that are mythical or, you know, like a bar that's been there forever and everybody knows. <laughs> or, Absolutely. Right? Or the two best coffee shops or that ex-windsurfing uh, champion that is now renting windsurfs for everybody to... Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and I'm so excited. So I wanted to share that with you that I oh, should man. be starting should be starting doing uh, my own, po- I mean, a podcast, a New Caledonian, the first New Caledonian podcast. Wow. That's so, so exciting <laughs> because that is something I'm so passionate about because I see so many people starting, you know, the next big business podcast where we're going to interview the top. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> And it's kind of like, okay, bro, but there's like a million other podcasts like that. And I think the two most important questions that I use in my daily life, thanks to Seth, is just who's it for and what's it for? And I think that whenever you root a project in a local context, Mm. it has so much more relevance and so much more impact for the few people that listen. And I, you know, I just looked up here, what's the population of New Caledonia? It says 280,000. So let's say 300,000. But the exciting thing for you is if you have only 3000 people listening to your podcast, that's 1% of New Caledonia. Like the impact that you could make in your country through even a small podcast of 3000 listeners is awesome and not only that Mm. it's just like northern ireland you can you have so much more opportunity to interview lots of interesting people nearly anybody you want yeah because like you said i i I was fortunate like when i started best of belfast it was the only northern irish podcast so i could Uh. approach nearly anybody and they would say of course because there's no other podcast and people want to share their stories people want to come on so nina i'm so pumped for you honestly i think that's such a great move and uh i really really hope that you go for it because i think it's it's going to be awesome thank you thank you so much Tell us, um, Matthew, tell us a little bit about uh, new opportunities that you have uh, encountered this year. You know, this year has been crazy for everybody. Like we all had plans that are not taking place. So everything (laughs) changed. And what opportunities have you encountered from that change? I think even though we've already talked about it, my first ever remote interview, I think, was a quarantine phone call and one of the uh, personal reasons why I really wanted to set up the, the Akimbo podcast was to teach myself really really quickly how to do remote interviews and mm-hmm. how to create a workflow that was fast and that I could turn it around quickly and as a result of everything that we learned, uh, particularly me and Alan in the in the first kind of you know week or so of the the Kimbo, you know quarantine phone call po- podcast, yeah. I then went and I took what I had learned and I did a daily episode on Best of Belfast for forty days, and that was really really special because I was able to connect with some amazing local people, share like their class class stories and also provide my listeners with something positive for them to listen to during the lockdown 
And the connection that that has um, allowed me to build with the listeners is really special. Like I still am getting so many emails of people saying, you know, bro, like, thank you so much. Like I listen to this every single day on my walk in the afternoon. (laughs) And I just really like that's for that to me is what it's all about. And now I have such confidence to uh, do a remote interview and we're doing a big series with Northern Irish people living all over the world. We have interviews now set up in Shanghai and Australia and Toronto and New York and Abu Dhabi. And we're finding all of these Northern Irish people who are living all over the world. And the beautiful thing about sharing those stories during the lockdown is that we all miss home. Even the mm. people living in Northern Ireland, we're not allowed to go to the coffee allowed to go to the pub you know we're not even we weren't even allowed to go to the beach and so there was this great global northern irish community who all missed all of those things and so we were able to come together and really bond even if you were living in china or you you were living in hawaii we were kind of bonded together through our love and through our missing of home and to give people the opportunity to connect to their home through the podcast was really special Um, The other thing that I would say, like a lot of people, it's been a great opportunity to learn how to work from home. And it's really cool. Um, My wife is giving birth next month to our first child. And uh, we're, we're really, really excited about that. And I think I had started to try to work at home, but I still had a mindset of, oh, there's, you know, I need to be in the recording studio in Belfast all the time and I need to do this and I need to do that. And actually now I really can see that actually I can only go in maybe one day a week, maybe a Wednesday and work from home the rest of the time. And I've just found such a great rhythm of uh, Monday and Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, working on my deep work, working on the no distraction work where I'm writing and I'm focused and I'm, you know, working on my creative projects. And then yes. Wednesdays I use as my like connecting, podcasting, interviewing, phone calls, seeing people, admin, like all of that sort of um, more fun, extroverted work. Right. And that rhythm, I think, is so powerful and is something that will continue to serve me mm. for um, the years to come. And also um, really beneficially, I think, allow me to spend more time with our wee daughter whenever she's born. And it's really interesting. One of the first interviews that um, I hosted on Quarantine Phone Calls was with a guy called Peter Fritz. And he has been a, a remote, oh, sorry, a working from home expert for like, maybe 10 years or something crazy like that. And so he was able to give so much advice. He's got an awesome, awesome website um, that has so much information and so many resources. Mm -hmm. And it's also cool because we hope to go to Australia next year for my wife's brother's wedding. And already Peter and I have decided we're going to get a coffee together. We're going to meet up. He's in (laughs) Melbourne. And so it's exciting to, to now even maybe potentially meet some of these people um in real life uh so those are some of the things that that i think has been real positives from this situation absolutely beautiful and it seems like the timing is just perfect now that you're gonna have a that you guys are gonna have a baby so you can see so you can be around as well absolutely yeah mm. it's, it's forced me to i think put my work 
in a more manageable box. Um, but that's also made me more efficient at my work. It's made me enjoy my work more. And it's created all of this space for um, kind of hobbies and creative projects on the side. And I think oh, yeah. being self-employed and being an entrepreneur, and I, I guess more than anything, being an artist, I think I have find it difficult because I only started my business three years ago um, when I moved back home. And I think I didn't know which areas of my work I was doing for work and for money uh, and which I was doing for pleasure. And this lockdown has also showed me um, some of those boundaries and some of those um, definitions, I suppose. Yeah. And it's been really helpful to actually have that clarity because there's a quote I love. It's it's up on my wall here and it says, if you do what you gotta, you can do what you wanna. And I, I, I am a big believer in that. You know, there are certain parts of my business that I have to do because they pay my bills and I really enjoy it. And right. it's good for me to focus on those things. And then there's things that I can do just for fun. And so it's allowed me to, the things I do for fun, like I write fiction and I write short stories and I'm working on novels right now. Ooh. At this point in my life, those are not paid work. And so actually I, I don't need to pressurize and force myself to try to make a living from these things at this moment in my life. Yeah. And that's been really freeing. And I find myself just really loving writing again and getting lost in the flow oh. and letting the hours kind of pass um, because there's not that expectation of oh you need to feed your family from this novel type thing because you have other great work and great opportunities that you can pursue beautiful and uh so you you how many books because you've already published i think right so actually, very very exciting during lockdown. I actually, it's going to contradict everything I just said, but um, maybe there's like some sort of lesson in this. But I actually oh, just got my I, I got my first um, book deal for my first novel. Um, so I actually, it actually is a, a paid. Uh, it's turned into a paid project, which is uh, really exciting. And um, I guess what I will say is that I have like a, a trilogy of books um, lined up that are fictional, you know, novels, mm. and they are all based in Northern Ireland. You know, Northern Ireland is, is kind of the backdrop, but they're, they're set there. And so Best of Belfast and the podcast has been a really incredible way for me to research and get to know my own country better and understand different people from different parts of the, you know, the, the, the cities and the countryside. And um, yeah, it's, it's given me a lot of great raw material to draw from creatively. So yeah, I'm, I'm super beautiful, excited. Beautiful. It's like all of this love that you suddenly start feeling for your homeland is coming back towards you as well, right? <laughs> yeah, giving, that's, giving that's the, absolutely true. Giving you the possibility of exploring what you, your interests and also to support yourself and your family. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, just on that note, and just to encourage you and, and your New Caledonia podcast, it's really cool now that there are models out there, business models, financial, financial models, um, that allow you to make a living and make a project sustainable without having millions and millions and millions of listeners or millions of customers. 
you know, Best of Belfast, like I said, it's crowdfunded. So we have a kind of like a patron model and we have a small amount, you know, around 50 people who support the podcast financially. Um, and then we have three local businesses that sponsor the podcast as well. Ooh. And that yeah. is really, it's enough to provide 50% of um, my income to support my family. And um, at this stage of life, to, to have that opportunity and have that blessing of being able to, um, yes. you know, provide for the family by doing something that you absolutely love, I really don't take for granted. And um, I'm, I'm really, really, uh, yeah, I'm really grateful that, that, that that's possible. But also, it it's it's achievable, you know, like for you, like, and you going forward, there's no reason why you, you shouldn't be able to partner with businesses in New Caledonia yeah. and certain yeah. people who, who want to um, support yeah. what you do. Cause you know, whenever you're supporting and celebrating exactly. the place celebrating. where you're from, you're right. people yeah. want, people want to be a part That's of that. What and, we need. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I interrupt you. <laughs> oh no, you, you were absolutely bang on the money. <laughs> No, but you're you're right. I mean, this um, this celebrating who we are, really who we are, like the people that are there and that make your everyday life, it's just it's just yeah, it's it's uh, it's beautiful as um as as um I don't know as a line of of, of creativity, so mm. different than uh putting communication out there to sell a product and to try to convince people that uh you know but and you know what like um i've talked to a couple of people just a couple of people like maybe four <laughs> people and everyone is very excited awesome. like the people that i want to interview have said yes like the first interview interviewees had said yes and uh People uh, like not a company, but it's the um, the digital observatory of New Caledonia. It's like oh, as okay. soon as yeah, as soon as they heard about the project, they wanted like we want that. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. want in on that. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's very exciting as well. And that was something that I wasn't really um, expecting, but yeah. So that's yeah, that's cool. yeah. It's very. Good. Um, there was a recent blog from Seth I'm sure he's wrote about it in some of his books as well but he talks about creating an asset that allows you a seat at the table and it's funny like yeah. my 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 proper my real money-making business I work as a copywriter so um, I come up with company names and slogans and I do text for advertisements and websites and words on packaging just I tell my granny, I write words for businesses. That's what I do. It's what I love. I, I really, really love working with clients and uh, yeah. helping them get their communication right. And it's crazy, you know, even though it wasn't the reason why I started the podcast, I have got so much amazing copywriting work through the podcast. I've ended up working with people that I've interviewed and it's just, yeah. it, it, it puts you out there. And it allows you to interact with people and add value. And I think, like you said earlier, some of that value does start to come back to you um, and often in unexpected ways. Uh, and those are the best, the best ways. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, what, like um, the process of falling in love where you are is a kind of the ignition of all that. Because um, mm. without telling you a long story, I've been living in New Caledonia for 10 years and something happened to me that I was like, 
I had the same feeling, like you know, I, I I'm two hours and a half from from Brisbane and and three hours away from Sydney, and every time I could, I would just go there. You know, I needed, <laughs> I needed to go and and be in the dynamic of those cities and stuff. And I was, you know, complaining about how New Caledonia has beautiful lifestyle, but you know, like I was, and now that I, you know, that I, I'm starting. Uh, to take a look around me and I realized that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of a similar process, you know, but I think this falling in love with, with your life, it's, is an, it's something that ignites a lot of, uh, a lot of things. Absolutely. And the other thing I will say as well, I read a, there's a great Irish writer called Kevin Barry and he, he wrote this really interesting essay about why writers should move out of cities. And I lived in the city at the time and I had just come back from New York. So I was like, ah, Kevin, you're wrong. How dare you say that? The city's where it's at. But he, he raised a very interesting and a very valid point of how, um, especially whenever you start your business or you start your creative projects, uh, you know, it can be a year, sometimes two years, often three years before financially it really starts to take off. Mm-hmm. And he was just under underscoring and emphasizing the importance of having low monthly expenses. Yeah. And something that I found about moving back to Northern Ireland is that, for example, our rent is around £400. So in dollars, it's about $500 a month. When we lived in New York... We stayed in a small apartment and it was at least 1500 a month. And the crazy thing about the new world of work is that you can work with people all over the world. You can work with big, expensive, fancy New York clients or people from London or people from Brisbane. And you can do so from your beautiful, affordable little farm in New Caledonia that, you know, that that maybe is a lower expense than somewhere like Brisbane or somewhere like Melbourne. And that removes some of that financial pressure. It removes some of that expectation that really allows you to pursue your creativity and pursue the work that matters instead of just always getting caught up in uh, having to pay, you know, the next bill, the next bill, the next bill. And it just takes so much pressure. I've just been so grateful to live in a place where the cost of living is affordable and manageable to have a really um, beautiful, relaxed lifestyle, um, you know, surrounded by nature and surrounded by beauty as well. It's it's really important. Beautiful, beautiful. Tell us about perhaps a challenge that you have encountered, Matt. Uh, that you want to share with us in this, yeah, I don't know, just something, a challenge that you want to share. (laughs) I think my biggest challenge uh, throughout my life has been with mental health. Um, I had very difficult years as a young boy Um, in my early um, sort of years as I was growing up. I had very bad depression and Mm. I was very physically ill as well and it all kind of led to a point of being suicidal and um, attempting to take my own life and that obviously is as rock bottom (laughs) as you can get but having an experience like that at such a young age I think really 
infused a sense of purpose mm. and a sense of gratitude in my life that um, I almost was living on borrowed time. Uh, oh. and it, very often it hits me that, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, today could not have happened for me if I was successful in what I tried to do as, as a young person. Oh. And so that has been a challenge, but also a bit of a blessing. But I think the years after that, and even until recently, it has still been an area of my life that I have to actively fight. And it's an area that I uh, love to speak about and love to um, provide resources and I guess awareness for other people. In Northern Ireland, we have a really severe mental health crisis. We have one of the highest suicide rates in Europe, um, particularly among young men. And there's a real crisis with our young men in this country. And that's something that I'm really passionate about speaking to and not to go off on a tangent, but it's one of the reasons why I'm so committed to Best of Belfast, because I want young people growing up here to see the opportunities around them. I want them to see through the stories of the people that I interview that they can achieve things and how these incredible people who have, you know, become amazing musicians or artists or engineers or whatever, they too have faced challenges. They too have faced difficult times. They too have maybe come from difficult home environments. Um, But, you know, I am very intentional now in my, in my day-to-day life of managing my mental health and um, even exercise and diet. And I know these are all, obvious and cliche things but i think it was only yeah, a few years ago i started to take it seriously and it was probably um being in relationship with my wife that um realized that there was a certain selfishness in my lack of self-care yeah and that i was now responsible for something bigger than myself and i think especially as a young man responsibility is actually incredibly important and to have people in your life that rely on you and to have a sense of purpose, I think is, is one of the greatest gifts in life. And we often shy away from difficult things. One of my favorite podcasters, his dad um, shared a quote with him that he always repeats. And it goes something like um, hard and bad are not the same thing. Uh. And that's been really, really helpful. And learning to accept some of the hardship in life, learning to accept hardship even as a pathway to peace sometimes, mm. I think has been a challenge that I've been reluctant to go near. Um, but another favorite quote of mine is from Joseph Campbell, and, and he says, the, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. And it's only by going face to face deep in kind of the 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 cave of my own mind and my own life and staring kind of my dragon in the eyes and facing the ugliness and the hurt and the pain i think actually i've been able to um find peace and learn to live with that and learn to manage that and uh learn to see the beauty and that actually even on the days where i don't feel good i actually still have an opportunity to um, to do something, even if it is just something very small. Yeah. And wouldn't you agree that uh, taking care of, of, of uh, 
one's mental health. It is uh, one of the pillars that supports your creative work as well. And I mean, everything, your life. And But I mean, we wouldn't be able to create and to be, um, I believe though, that, yeah, we wouldn't be able to, to create or to, to really explore our, uh, the callings of our muses if we don't have that... Um, that uh yeah that that discipline perhaps or that perhaps or that um uh care you know for ourselves mm-hmm. and and our health and, and and exercises and whatever we need to be doing to 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 stay still in the center of our beings and uh and at the same time open for both what we're called to do but also what we are called to discover about ourselves mm. or about about the world and um yeah so wouldn't you agree that it is also super important that we take care of ourselves and our mental health in order to 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 support our, our work yeah absolutely and my granny always used to say um you can't pour from an empty cup and there's a lot of truth in that you know yeah. i've heard it said as well you can't draw water from a, a dry well and there is something about um, making sure that we are energized and recharged so that we can serve other people. Um, and the other thing I will yeah. say on that is I think for a long time I bought into the stereotype of the tortured artist um, or the you know the artist who would go through real chaotic bouts of creativity. And I really allowed myself to embrace some of that mania um in my younger years like i remember doing things like you know um i would there'd be times where i'd be hit with such create you know such creativity and such energy where i would write a whole novel in a week or i would start something massive a new project and i would i would you know i would just throw everything behind it and then the reality is all of that nonsense you typed up in the novel wasn't actually anything useful the new project that you started uh, you're bored of it in two months or you don't have the capacity to keep it going. And so you end up, you know, you end up throwing it away. And so you just end up in this cycle of starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping. Yeah. And I actually see now, you know, just that classic uh, story of the tur- the turtle or the tortoise yeah. and the hare. Um, I think the, the real way to make creative work work for you or well, for me anyway, is small chunks every day over a long period of time and actually it it allows me to express myself on a regular basis it allows me to feel the momentum of a project moving forward and it also helps me to focus it helps me not to get distracted and best of belfast was the first thing in my life that i really stuck to because i've started loads of things Mm. i've started some successful things even but I said to myself when I was starting the podcast, look, man, you're going to commit to do at least a hundred of these because if you just leave it to your own devices, you'll do 15 and you'll just leave it. (laughs) And I'm so, so glad now, 150 episodes later, that I did stick to it. And I see the power of um, kind of compound interest and see that snowball rolling down the hill and getting bigger and bigger and actually more fulfilling the longer that I'm in it rather than um, what I maybe thought it would be if, you know, I'm bored, I need to do something else. 
but I think the key was picking something as well that gives me a great deal of diversity. And, um, yeah. you know, every podcast is a new adventure and every interview is a new opportunity to learn something. And even my create, you know, even my freelance work, I, I work project to project. I don't work hourly. I don't work, you know, I don't sell my time as such. Mm. And that's exciting for me too, because it's a brand new yeah. project, a brand new business. Um, yet it's anchored in an asset and it's anchored in something that I'm building and it gets more valuable and more fulfilling as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and, and I mean, you can also highlight this evolution that you have, um, that you have lived because you, you, I mean, from what, what I, I'm listening. I can also see the evolution from Matthew, who would just starve for a week and, <laughs> and write and write a book, to someone that was capable of coming into a community, creating a system that would serve so many people, including me. And uh, uh, and you know, like with the structure, with the clarity. I mean, it's beautiful. It was a, a new exercise for me. Um, I'm sure you've heard this before. And, and you know, if you're listening, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, plenty of places and different people saying it. But I really have been trying to apply this idea that you're not the hero of someone else's story. Um, and what I mean by that is, I don't know if you do you like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or The Alchemist? Absolutely. Yeah. Star Wars. Which one? Star One. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Star Wars. Okay. So I think like a mistake I made, like especially in my teens, was that I was trying to be like Luke Skywalker in every single person's story. I was trying to be like the hero and like the one who would swoop in and do all this and do all that. And actually, the reality is that you are the hero of your own story. So Nina, you are the star of the show. Like you are the protagonist in the story of your life and that is exactly the way it should be and the more helpful way for me to serve you nina instead of me coming in and trying to be luke skywalker is actually just to take a step back and be obi-wan kenobi and see what i can do to like empower you on the journey or even maybe even actually i probably wouldn't be obi-wan kenobi i would be like chewbacca i would be like just like the the, the hairy guy on the side just to like be a friend and cheer yeah. you on and just support you and actually how i think we're called to a life of service and quarantine phone calls was one of my real intentions behind it was that it wouldn't be about me and it wouldn't be the Matthew Thompson show. And it's the same with Best of Belfast. I try so much to make the show a community effort. And we've done some really fun things now where, you know, the first thing you hear whenever you listen to the show is someone from our producers club, someone who supports the show financially, you know, a listener, you hear their voice and they do the introduction. And then you hear the guests sharing their first memory and then you hear me ask a question. And so I'm trying to bring as many voices in as possible mm -hmm. and try to be that supporting character instead of the main character. And oh, so yeah. for quarantine phone, phone calls, I was really excited to try and get in and start it up and energy into it and throw my passion behind it and the systems and the tools and the passwords and the software and then try to step back 
and let other people run with it. And I got to say, like, I was just um, playing basketball there and I was I was saying to my friends, I'm so excited that quarantine phone calls continues, <laughs> even though I haven't done an episode for, I maybe, the last time I hosted was maybe like 50 episodes ago. And that to me is so, so exciting. And I want more and more areas of my life to do that because I think what my skill set is to bring a lot of energy at the start. I'm not naturally very good at sustaining and I have to be very focused on sustaining my my own projects like Best of Belfast and my, my business. But this concept has been, it's changed everything that I do. It's changed the way I work with clients. It's changed the way I interview. It's changed the way I interact with even my family and my friends of how can I serve this person? How can I be the Chewbacca in their journey and help them get to where they want to go? And Seth is so wise. I just reread the book Tribes and his big thing is people will only go on a journey that they want to go. And so even not trying to force people on a certain journey, it's saying, where do you want to go and how can I help you get there? And that has been such a fulfilling way to live and work and love, I guess, over the last, um, I'm going to say maybe year or two. Amazing. And let me tell you that, uh, so now that the quarantine phone call has been transferred um, within a larger Akimbo community, which is ForwardLink, yeah i'm not even in forward link that's the best part like that is so so awesome like i really want to do a workshop i just i don't have the capacity right now because yeah. i'm there's some other things that i'm working on but i'm so so excited to do one but i love the fact that i'm not even in this community that is pushed forward that excites me i just think that's great yeah. sorry i completely jumped in <laughs> And, and, and I'm sure, and it, there's, and it's beautiful because it's, you know, he's doing the same that best of Belfast is doing for Belfast. I think uh, quarantine phone call is helping us discovering who's in the community and how are we interacting? So it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, podcasting, it's, it's a great way to meet people and connect with people. It's probably one of the best. And you yeah. have such a strong connection with people, even though it's a short period of time you spend with them. And you'll find that in New Caledonia podcast. Um, it's, a, it's a really exciting way for you to really embed yourself in, the, in your local community. Uh, or in this case, with this podcast, embed yourself into the, the digital Akimbo community. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And allow people to, to, to learn the stories and, and uh, generate conversation. Yeah. Matthew, if you were to give an advice to your 18-year-old self, what would it be? Hmm. I would say go deep instead of going wide. And I think one of the privileges of being young and being 18 and the opportunities is to go wide and experiment and try new things and go to new places. But I think as well, I spent a lot of time focusing on 
the shallow areas of life mm. and shallow relationships and shallow projects and spreading myself too thin. So like I said, starting loads of different projects, not sticking to one, meeting lots of new friends instead of staying with my my loyal uh, old friends. Uh, you know, like I just yeah. mentioned basketball, the guys I was with tonight, we have been the best of friends for, I would say, uh, like probably around 13 years. And these are people who, you know, these are other men now who I've grown up with and I've cried together. And uh, we, you know, we were the, the best men at each other's weddings and we've been at funerals with each other. And, mm. you know, these are the people that know me. These are the people that love me. And I think in my younger years, I neglected them by chasing the shiny new thing. Yeah. Same with my family. And I think this deep, not wide concept is something that has really changed my life. It's really something that allows me a bit like the who's it for, what's it for. It helps me make decisions in my day to day. And I've found that by investing in a smaller group of people yeah. with more effort and more energy, there's much more impact, there's much more depth, and there's a much greater richness to life. And part of that for me has been learning to manage my relationship with screens. Um, and something that I, a decision I made two years ago was I deleted all of my social media and I bought myself an old builder's brick phone, we call it, just a really <laughs> yeah. simple phone. I got rid of the smartphone. Oh. And there was a lot of sacrifices that came with that, obviously. Mm. But it, it's something for me personally. I'm not saying everyone should do it, you know. Right, but for right. me, it was the right move. And it, it forces me to focus and forces me to focus on, um, you know, that smaller group of people. Mm. And... uh you know, that whole less but better sort of mentality for me has just really, really led to uh, such a full and rewarding life mm. while allowing me to serve people, I think, on a much more um, real and real. Uh, personal yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, this going deeper as well has to do with uh, what we mentioned earlier and you mentioned Joseph. Campbell and this going deeper requires you know not like not running away from the shadow right and uh, and it's true that for I mean when we're very young when we are 18 it's not the easiest thing to do right <laughs> <laughs> totally any resource that you would recommend us checking? I know we've discussed about a couple of really interesting things. Uh, still, as an artist, that's one of my notes. <laughs> but <laughs> any other resource that you would recommend us? Yeah, I would go kind of practical here. Uh, this software that you guys use to record quarantine phone call is called Clean Feed, and it's really, really simple. It's really, really minimalist, actually. It doesn't have video. It doesn't have any chat. But it is the closest thing you can get to studio quality recording. It's so reliable. It saves your files. Even if your Wi-Fi drops out, it still saves them. 
and it's just so clean. <laughs> it's in the name, clean feed, um, but it, it has solved a lot of the remote recording issues and obstacles that I think puts people off. So I'd recommend that. And I would also, it's very, very popular now, but I got to say, as a writer, Grammarly is so, so valuable. I use Grammarly probably more than any other piece of software, any other app. And um, you can be as accurate as you can try to be, but you're still going to miss commas. You're still going to miss spelling. You're still going to, you know, write the write a word twice or something. And, uh, you know, I, I pay, I don't know what it is, $100 a year for Grammarly Pro. And honestly, it delivers probably about $1,000 worth of value. And the last thing that I'll say, sorry for giving three, but it's just coming in my head now, is another app called Calendly. And it's an online scheduling tool. Again, I'm sure you've heard about it, but really look into it and really look and see how much of my life can I put on Calendly? Because for uh, organizing podcast interviews, especially organizing meetings, especially, um, it saves probably, it honestly saves me about 10 hours a week. And again, it's something that you maybe only, uh, for the pro version, you maybe only pay something like, I don't know, 15 bucks a month. But Honestly, I would pay 10 times that because it is so, so valuable. Yeah, yeah. And we're using it as well in quarantine phone calls. (laughs) 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 If you could send the world an email right now, what would you say? Hmm. I would say take 15 minutes if you can to get outside, call your family member that is probably really missing you right now or call your friend who maybe the best of terms with right now and just make it right. Because years can go by with relationships staying stuck and staying broken. And I think at the end of the day, you really will wish that you had have just taken that step to make it better. And sometimes all it takes is a phone call. Sometimes all it takes is just you to make that first move. And even though it's hard and even though it's difficult... Uh, I would just reiterate what Seth often says in situations like that. Do it anyway, because I, I don't think you'll regret it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been a pleasure to have you to discuss with you. I love <laughs> what you're doing and uh, I love your generosity and I'm honored to 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 have the time to talk to you. No, Nina, you're a rock star. You absolutely nailed that. It was an absolute privilege to be a part of. You're uh, an absolutely great, great host. And uh, I think New Caledonia podcast, first ever in the world, is going to be a massive, massive success. And uh, I'm really excited to see you embark on this new journey for you. And I'm just going to say it, this new journey for New Caledonia, because I think you have a real opportunity to, to make a big, big difference. 
Hi everyone, I'm Claire Dodge, GM of Ormo Baths, a tech hub and co-working facility based in the historic Victorian bathhouse in the heart of Belfast city centre. Back in the good old days, Best of Belfast was my commute entertainment. Listening to the inspiring stories of Northern Irish people following their dreams and making magic happen was a great start or end of my day. Now that I've been working from home, I've kept up the same routine and it's a great way for me to continue to brighten my days. My favourite episode, well, it has to be from one of our dear members of our Omabaz community, Mr. Mark Todd. It was really inspiring and it just made me feel very peaceful, at rest and happy knowing that there's excellent people doing excellent things within Northern Ireland. It is our delight and our pleasure to have Best of Belfast based out of the Armo Baths. And we're excited about what's coming next. So if you've been on the fence about joining the Producers Club and would miss Best of Belfast if it wasn't here, I'd highly recommend you joining today. Pop on over to bestofbelfast.org and I look forward to seeing you in our WhatsApp group very soon.